0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to Thoughts by Ryder. I'm your host Sebastian Ryder. Some of you guys may know me as Ryder Van Gogh, Um, but the purpose of this podcast is really just to, you know, open our eyes to the intangibles that go into developing ourselves as creatives, as entrepreneurs, as individuals, young or old, that are looking to impact the world in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, we all have thoughts, we all have ideas, We all have ideologies that we live by and structures and routines that help propel us and um, allow us to continue to achieve whatever our perceived notion of success is in whatever field we're in. So on this podcast, we talk about that. We speak with insightful people, and I just want to welcome you, and I hope you join us again. And with that being said, um, today is a very special day because today we've got a guy with us that I've known for half a decade now. Um, this guy when I first met him, he was young, he was hungry, he was passionate, and he was achieving things that, you know, grown men don't even achieve, right? Um and I'll let him get into his story, but this guy has built an empire um at a young age, doing, you know, I'm I'm gonna just say it, doing fifty K months um with software and adding value to people through consultancy. Um this guy is really special, and I'm really glad to have him on, so I hope we can talk about some great things today. With that being said, Beckett Fusick is our guest today. Thank you. Thanks for Thank joining us, you for us, the introduction, brother. man. Humbling. It's really been half a decade? Yeah, shit. If not, oh, we're demonetized. Uh, if not, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Fuck it. If not uh, uh, a half a decade, damn near close wow, to it. Wow, yeah, so. that's crazy.
1: We met. We met at... I would say close to the beginning of my journey, or what feels like the beginning of my
0: journey. Yeah, definitely. That's what we're here to talk about, man. So, shit, like, where do you want to begin? Like, I mean, we, you know...
1: I guess we can begin. I'll just give you all a little introduction about myself. My name, as he said, is Beckett Fusick, and I have been an entrepreneur, really been an entrepreneur trying to build businesses since 2017, and started... In the online space, started with web design, actually, specifically Wix websites for local businesses, and they were sold at a $300 price point to my friends and family, and they were terrible, but through that, I learned how to sell, I learned how to start to provide value through an online skill, that kind of transitioned into more marketing, into advertising, how to bring people to that website, how to start to get customers I met a business partner and we built a full service digital marketing agency that was SEO, advertising and I was handling a lot a lot if not all of the of the service fulfillment there and all the operational load. So through that process I kind of learned what the inner workings of an agency is like and then beginning of covid broke apart from that business and took those skills to really do consulting. More than anything. So the consulting the consulting kind of brought me on an interesting path of thinking I was an agency owner, thinking I was like a business owner, also being a freelancer, but not really didn't not really knowing which one I was, and people were telling me I was both. Facts. So that process brought me to work with companies that went and on- first
0: off, first off, Beckett's about to give you all some crazy game, but He made a really interesting point there where he said back in 2017, he started doing websites for people Mm -hmm. and building out these digital assets for people for what? Small to medium sized businesses, small local
1: businesses. Local
0: businesses, mom and pop shops, right? And that's 2017. Now, mind you, Beckett, what year were you born? 2000. Okay. So Beckett was 17 years old in high school building websites for people. So if you're watching this right now and you're in high school, you're a junior, you're a senior, like listen to this, listen to what this man has to say because this guy right here is a true hustler. I see so much content. I see so many people. I talk to, I have two younger brothers, I talk to their friends. And it's like you have opportunity, you have technology, you have the ability to go out and get some bread and and provide for yourself at a young age. Beckett's been doing this for over five years now. Like, nothing is stopping you. Nothing is getting in the way of you being successful except for yourself. So listen to what this man has yeah, to say. Yeah,
1: it's funny because I was in the Uber ride over here. the guy asked me, because he was asking me, where'd you come from? And I told him I just flew in from Mexico. And he's like, what are you doing down there? And I, was, I said, I work online. And he said, if I could get in any type of business in Mexico, what would it be? He was like, I would want to go down there and work and make money. And my answer always to anybody is learn a skill online. Start with the skill. And whether it's web design, whether it's advertising, start with the skill and then start to learn how to sell it. So he's dead on on that note. To pick up where I was, um, yeah, the consulting side brought me a lot of interesting opportunities. It allowed me to work with politicians. It allowed me to work with startup companies that ended up being sold allowed me to work with a lot of different types of businesses and inject myself as a as a partner in them to some extent
0: well and beckett how did you i keep cutting you off no but it's because i really want y'all to pay attention to what this man is saying so he leveraged his skill set right to get him in the door adding value right and then from there you were able to become a partner and you said inject yourself into these organizations and yeah. injecting yourself into these, it's not that easy to just walk up to the door as a 19, 20 year old and say, Hey, I want to work for your business. So you did that by doing what? Adding value right? Adding value. And, and building value for yourself, being a high value individual. Yeah. And it kind of is that easy. Yeah.
1: But you, you made a good point there. You have to be the person when you walk in the room that can bring value your intention has to be to provide value to the people that you're trying to connect with. If you're trying to take from them, then it's very obvious to people who are in the place that you want to be. If your intention is to give and you're genuinely interested in what they're doing or learning more about what they're doing and learning how you can provide more value, that will go so far. That's what brought me a lot of opportunities I had a skill, I learned how to attract people, I learned how to sell things online, and I just wanted to interact with business owners. I wanted to start working with larger business owners, with people who were raising money and trying to sell their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars, and I just wanted to be Hundreds
0: us. of millions of dollars.
1: <laughs> exactly. People who had those goals, had those ambitions, and had those skill sets, and I just kind of wanted to be around them more so. I wanted to be around people of power as well. So rather than thinking too much about what it is that I could get from them, my focus was more on how can I provide value there, just like you said. And one thing that I had a hard time with at that point in my life that I wish somebody would have articulated because I was watching all these videos on the internet. Uh, Gary Vee was big at that time, and I had started with Ty Lopez, but nobody really talked about what their mindset was as they went through this success. For me, I wasn't really thinking about – I wasn't thinking the way I'm talking about it now at that point. My whole thing was I'm in a place, and I'm curious about what if I try this. I was just really – really curious. And I can tell you a specific story uh, to kind of paint this picture. I was in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I, this was during COVID. So everybody was on lockdown and quarantine. And I had, I had been trying to get more clients to run a specific funnel and paid advertising campaign that had worked for one. And I had connected with somebody named Amy Purdy, if you know who she is. She's a Paralympic athlete who does skiing and, um, not skiing, sorry, hurdlings. Yeah, no, she's done skiing, hurdling, done a lot of stuff. Anyways, she had just launched a book, and we had helped her uh, sell a lot of copies of that book through Facebook advertising and through building a funnel. Through that process, I was just really curious to know her story. So I started asking her questions, started looking through the rest of her online presence and her business, and maybe not the best way to do it, but I started kind of giving advice, putting together a plan, saying this is how I think it could be better. Adding it, value. Adding value. And I was curious. I was just like, oh, I know these things. Let me just try and give it to these people. Through that opportunity, I was exposed to a another company that was – helping tons of authors repackage their books and repackage them into a digital product. And I was able to go into that opportunity and learn a lot of lessons through that, get exposed to a CEO who is extremely smart, get exposed to a startup culture. And over the time I was there, they allowed me to work as a marketing director, like a fill-in chief marketing officer. And that only came because of one thing that happened, that I decided was valuable and I just got super curious about learning more about the thing that I was already doing. Mm. It didn't come from me playing chess. Yeah. So many people, I thought this for sure that all these entrepreneurs are like thinking 10 steps ahead at all points, not at the beginning of the journey, Yeah. sometimes not even at the end of the journey. It's just a process of, okay, I did this. This is the data I got back. And then if you're a human being who wants to lean into that data more, you can do that.
0: Yeah. And also I think, you know, I'm loving this story and I think people are gaining a a ton of value from this and I hope they keep listening. I think too, you brought up the chess point, right? Like people always are saying, especially like you hear it in hip hop, like in, in pop culture and in urban culture, these is, Oh, I'm playing chess while they playing checkers, this and that. And yes, like chess is cool, right? Like, any successful person, you know how to play chess. You operate from a strategic point. But sometimes in chess too, like you have to make the first move. And sometimes when the board is empty and you've got all your pawns and you've got all your power pieces in play, you, you got to move your pawn first before you can make any other move unless you're completely insane and you bring your knight out in front of your pawns and gridlock yourself from the beginning. And so what I get from that story is is like, okay, In your mind, you're not necessarily making a strategic play like, oh, I'm giving this value because I know that this individual is powerful. And by giving them this value, it's going to open doors for more opportunities. All you did was essentially said, "Okay, I'm here to help this person with this. Now, logically, what you did was just move the first pawn. And by making a good conscientious um, effort just to help out and just to be a good person, Because strategy is important, but at the end of the day, integrity and ethics and morals that go along with business is key. And so all you did was just move the first pawn, and then you reacted based on the way that the rest of the board moved. And so that first move isn't always strategy. That first move might just be, hey, let me make this first move because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then from there, you never know where it can take you. So strategy is important. But don't get so caught up in, oh, well, I need to be thinking three moves, five moves, seven moves, ten moves ahead, when sometimes the perfect move is right in front of you. When you don't even have your first client, it, when you don't even have
1: the, the an offer created, yep. people are trying to play chess when they aren't even going out to sell. Exactly. They're thinking about, how can I do all of these things, rather than saying, oh, wow, there's somebody in front of me right now who needs value. Yep. I can help provide value and give my all to, and see what happens from there. Once that happens, yes, don't don't be nonchalant about that. Don't let people walk over you. Don't don't all the things that people already fucking yell at you on the internet. Don't like a lot of those things are smart, but don't think overthink that first
0: step. Dame Dash said some shit like touching on that. I love Dame Dash. He he had a, he said some shit one time on the Breakfast Club iconic interview where he, it was the one where he was talking about like, you know, if you work for somebody, you're not a boss or X, Y, Z, like if you wanted to bring your kids down here, could you hire them? And he was like, he was talking to DJ Envy, love DJ Envy. He just happened to be the victim in this statement. And DJ Envy was talking about, oh, I've got investments and I've got this and that. And he's like, okay, you have investments. Like you sound smart to people who are dumb. Like, so I think- And that hit with me because it's like, bro, you hear, especially these days, like, because, you know, if you know 10% more about a topic than the general public, you can be considered an expert in that topic by people who don't know what you're talking about. So a lot of times I hear people are like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm playing chess. I'm thinking this, you know, this many moves ahead. I'm doing this. I'm. You know, oh, I'm about to drop an album, but they don't even have their first song recorded. It's like, OK, bro, like you sound smart to people who don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But then when you're in a room with somebody that is actually making music consistently, that is actually seeing revenue from their efforts and helping people, you sound like, bro, like, what are you talking about? You, you sound like you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about because you're not even laying the foundation or making the right moves in order to put yourself in position.
1: Yeah, and you're shoot well, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot Facts. for getting value from people too. Yeah. Because part of part of the beauty of providing value and that being your goal is that the law of reciprocity comes into effect. Facts. If you just give, 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 give and focus on giving as much as you can with some sort of plan around it. The law of reciprocity always comes into it. It's effect. like Gary Vee, jab,
0: jab, jab, right hook. Yeah.
1: Exactly that. Fact. So I didn't finish my story, so I'll wrap that up. Yeah, probably. go ahead. So we go can ahead. kind yeah, of move yeah. move through it so we don't leave people lost. Through that consulting, uh, that allowed us to help a lot of allowed me to help a lot of people. I had a team of, I was working with contractors at that point. So also the idea of having a super big team in order to make money and provide value is Also, this huge misconception, if you can manage people effectively, then you can leverage other people's time if you have money to give them and provide value through their services. So through that, I was able to help a lot of people, I thought help a lot of people, have a lot of interesting experiences. And at the beginning of or in the middle of 2022, September time, through those consulting gigs, We kind of came up with an offer. We had a service that was working really, really well. And it seemed like it was going to keep working. And we started testing all these different plans for it. And rather than me staying in the consulting realm, I recognized that there was an opportunity that this service could then be built into a business. This specific offer could be built into a business for creators and brands that are looking to leverage audiences in order to sell more products and to spread their message and provide more value the pivot so that was really the pivot back into the agency world for me about september we we took september november december january really maybe a little bit of february to like hone in on that service. We took on a couple of strategic clients at high ticket prices in order to get really, really good at that service. And then at the end of February, beginning of March, we opened that up to the public where we're starting to bring on lots more clients. And now I'm back in the agency world. The company is a team of five or team of six right now. And we focus on helping people spread their message that are focused on what we think are good things, like things from a place of truth and companies that are trying to build a, build a better world. Yeah. That's who we focus on helping.
0: So before I ask Beckett, the next question that I'm going to ask them um, one notable point that you mentioned is like, okay, I'm doing the consulting, the consulting's working for me. We're adding value. We're making smart decisions. We're making the right moves. And then, you were met, you're you you you're offering these services and you're doing these things for these companies and for these entrepreneurs. And you said that you found an opening, you found something, hey, this is really working. Let me see like what we can do with this. And I think, you know, a lot of the times people say shit like, oh, well, you know, you, you have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I think that the opposite is true or the inverse is true where you have a plan and then when, you, when something works for you, sometimes you just need to double down on what's working, right? Like, it just because you have a plan, just because you're a running back in the backfield and the plan is a swing to the right and the quarterback swings you the ball and you got it and you're supposed to go out to the hash and you see a great block from your O-lineman, sometimes you need to cut up field and make a move to put your team in the best position to win. You're not always going to follow the playbook to the T. Right. But as long as you score a touchdown, as long as you achieve that goal of success and adding value, that's what's important. Yeah. And so I think that, like, I want you to dive a little bit deeper on that pivot and the importance of keeping your eyes open and notice when something is working and when to, to, pr- to prioritize the energy that you put towards. Yeah, it's that it is exactly how
1: you describe that. Noticing what's working and then deciding to focus on that is it's as simple as that to some extent what i found to be the hardest over my journey is how am i organizing my life in order to see the data that is being given to me i think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or doing anything in life don't want to look at don't want to look at reality they don't want to look at hey if i'm doing consulting for all these people and paid advertising makes me the most money, but I'm just not able to get a return on it for them, that's probably something you should look at yeah. and not keep doing the same thing.
0: Because you're basically conning.
1: Well, whatever whatever you're, whatever you're doing, yeah, you're not looking at reality. For me to see that opportunity, there had to be a lot of other opportunities presented to me. Like we were working with uh, an online education platform that we had built, that I had helped build since COVID, and we went into negotiations to say, all right, these are going to be the new equity shares and this is going to be everybody's role. And that negotiation, which I thought would be taken well, was not taken well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was like, oh, this the opportunity I thought was huge isn't actually there right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well... I need to look at everything else that's going on. Mm. So then I looked at, okay, how did we make this, this online education platform so successful? Mm. Well, this was unelevant. Okay, this is what happened with this other client. Oh, that's how, what made it successful. Although we were trying all these other things, when I, when I had a shock to my system to say, oh, let me look at everything that's going on from a different lens, I said, okay, what is the data of what's working and what's not working? And then also, sometimes when you recognize when something's not working, you have to put your ego aside to cut the ties or take the L in that instance. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you take the L for one service not working or one thing that you're doing, then wait. that Oh, just cut your losses. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. that was some shit for the camera. Oh, yeah, nah, um, nah, nah, yeah. Yeah. You have to cut your losses. You gotta be able to. You ought to be able to do that for, uh, for business, for anything in life. So to to kind of directly answer your question, to see opportunities is to look at things from a place of reality, mm-hmm. and that's how you're gonna make the decision. And it's not always about what makes the most money. What are you optimizing for is a super important question. Um, that's kind
0: of a, a different realm. Yeah. that we can
1: dive into yeah. the human side of entrepreneurship. Shit.
0: definitely That's and nice. and the goal of this conversation is obviously we're brothers you know what i'm yeah. saying like we've been through a lot together personal and business and um before we get into that like obviously we want to have some fun on here like you know i'm a creative beck it's a businessman big time entrepreneur we're creatives at the same time um we love things other than business so we'll get to oh, that yeah. but what i want to talk about is your biggest month you did what 50k close to that, in yeah. what january yeah so talk about that like how did you in a month achieve 50k in revenue?
1: Oh. That's an interesting way to put it. Well, I sold clients. Okay. I had an offer. This is really the formula. Create an offer. Reach out to people who you know need this offer and then follow up with them until you know that they don't need this offer anymore or they're not going to accept it and then provide exactly what you said in that offer. It's as simple as that. Okay, obviously creating an offer is not easy. It takes time and effort. But you have people like Alex Hermosey who write a book that's 99 cents that will literally break down all the elements of a good offer. Mm. There's so much content out here to tell you how to go reach out and find clients. Mm. So it's as simple as doing the things that... You're already told if you're in the if you consume any type of entrepreneurial content, then you probably have heard all of the components you need to at least start to make ten thousand a month, twenty thousand a month, maybe even thirty thousand a month. Mm. So, great an offer. Sell, follow up, do exactly what
0: you said you were going to do. Twenty two years old. So. Simple. Now let's 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 chill a little bit. Let's let's vibe out. Well, one so thing you... I'll say, one thing I do want to
1: okay. talk about on that note. Yeah, go ahead. Is the the part that I've struggled with and you've you've definitely gassed me up a lot. Yeah, here, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. But I am definitely not in the place where I want to be. I never felt like I've been in the place where I want to be through my whole entrepreneurial journey. And based on all of the 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 feedback I've gotten over my journey, I probably will never feel like I'm in the place where I mm. ought to be. I used to see that as a problem. And why is that? <laughs> we get in the therapy side. But I used to see that as a problem. I see that as now my perspective has changed after really when things have gone wrong in my life, unrelated to business, when hard things have happened, it put it in perspective. And I've realized that it's a... It's been a gift for me to have those feelings all the time because they've pushed me to be better. Mm. A lot of people have a hard time starting. Mm-hmm. Some people have a hard time finishing, you know? Whatever your thing is, I don't know. But if you can recognize that there is some something stopping you and something fueling you to do whatever you're doing and appreciate whatever those are and not say this one's right or this one's wrong, this one's good or this one's bad, at least look at it objectively in reality, it can become unbelievably freeing, not only for yourself as a person, but for your success. Facts. That was probably the biggest thing that changed for me. I had a huge change in my life. And through the process of getting over that and learning through that, I had to learn to... Really, it's going to sound corny, but I had to learn to love and appreciate who I was Mm. and love that, although there may be things that served me in the past, maybe they don't serve me now, or there's things that I have looked at negatively about myself that I've tried to change that maybe I just need to look at it differently. Mm. That is kind of what switched for me to make more money.
0: That's a hit because... I love that you're opening up to us. This is like Beckett's therapy session. Um, but no, nah, like the the, I think what you hit on is beautiful because I think a lot of the times, like especially these days, and we'll get into this like whole social climate and everything oh, yeah. right now and how it's affecting our younger generation of men, of aspiring men, right? But I think a lot of the times, like people look for confirmation bias, right? Like you mentioned. You know, you were seeing maybe things that you thought might be negative about yourself and you've recognized them as, hey, maybe these are just things that I need to work on and improve upon. And I think a lot of the times, like people will see those negative things or see, you know, things might not be necessarily going the way that they want in life. And then they'll look for reasons to validate, oh, well, that's okay because of X, Y, Z.
1: And I would put that in the inverse to say, too. Maybe if you're looking at something that's negative about you, maybe you're just in the wrong container. Mm. Why don't you change your container? Mm. For me, I didn't necessarily ch- try to change anything about how I was looking at myself. I just changed the container that I was in. Yeah. If <laughs> If your mom and dad are telling you that you need to go to college and you need to do this, this, and that, and that doesn't feel right for you, you don't need to change the way you think about yourself in college. Mm. You need to change the container that you're in where those sounds are bouncing around.
0: Mm. The echo chamber.
1: Yeah. So I hope that that kind of draws the picture of like, for me, what I see as an entrepreneurial journey is like getting, getting over your, getting out of your own way, mm. looking at yourself as the asset and, not trying to say because Gary Vee or because Alex Hermosi and I keep using those people as examples because they're very loud in the world, but because anybody says anything is this about this skill being the best skill to have or this skill being the worst skill to have, doesn't mean they're right or wrong.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I, I agree with you 100%, and I, I think just to get into the social climate, like um, I feel like the problem with like, Uh, The red pill culture and like the the way that people are consuming content these days and the people like I mean, Alex Ramosi, Gary Vee, they're loud, but they're adding value. Then you have other people that are loud and they're trying to push like an agenda or an ideology that is supposed to be commonly known. And I feel like a lot of the times like people will push ideologies that don't really make sense and that are, you know, pushing people down a path to where it's like, okay, well you're not doing anything wrong. It's everybody else around you. It's oh, you mentioned the whole idea of you know, the parent situation where you might be passionate about something and you're chasing your dreams, but your parents are getting in the way and like, oh, well, you know, it it's 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 I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah. But you understand what I'm saying? Like it's the it's the perspective of like blaming all these other circumstances and like trying to put the blame on other people like red pill culture oh well you know women are this and women are bad because you know they're they're feeling this way and you got to be rich to get a woman and you got to do xyz so because i'm not that oh women are terrible and xyz like bro take accountability for where you are and fucking get out of your own way and make shit happen like yeah, it seems like common sense, but the reality is is people are we live in such a like a a follower culture. Everybody's so focused on like Instagram followers, Twitter followers, who follows you, who subscribe to you. It's like, bro, like we need to get that leadership back. Like what about back in the old days when King Leonidas led the 300 Spartans against 10,000 men? And like what happened to those type of men? Yeah. Like they weren't worried about, you know, what people were saying about them or worried about like what women were doing and X, Y, Z, they were worried about being the best selves and yeah. making sure they come back home and not die in battle. Like, yeah, you feel me? Like, I feel you. I definitely think that it's easy to
1: say anything from behind a keyboard. you know. Mm. And there's people that will say things to motivate you. There's people who say things to bring you down. But at the end of the day, none of that shit matters. It really matters what happens when you're alone about to go to bed at night. Facts. Like, who who are you as a person? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are now? If
0: not, why not? Mm. It starts with those two questions. And, and it's after- not because of someone else. Yeah. It's Every action that you've made up until this point is why you are where you are right now. And if why not is because my mom and dad did that
1: then you've immediately offloaded, you've outsourced
0: your ability to solve your problem. Mm. You've given someone else power over your life. And
1: nobody's going to solve your problem for you.
0: Facts. Nobody. Facts.
1: Even your best friends, even your family, even the people who love you the most, they aren't going to solve the problem that you want to be solved in the way you want it to be solved.
0: Things aren't going to solve your problems either. Yeah. People think, oh, well... I want to get a million dollars so that I can get a Lamborghini and a Rolex and you know uh, uh, whatever a uh, uh, a model or a mansion and X Y Z. Like, bro, if you're miserable now, you get that million dollars, you're still gonna be miserable. Now you're just gonna be miserable with hella resources to to invest in in your misery. Yeah. Like, I think ultimately, like, this all ties into entrepreneurship. Like, and it all ties into self image and accountability. And I think that one thing about your story that's beautiful, bro, is that like everything, every piece of adverse that you've ever faced, you've taken head on and like faced it straight on. And I think that that's something that people need. And men specifically, I'm talking to men right now. It's like, bro, we need to take a ba- accountability for our actions and take ownership of our life and stop. Blaming these people that are giving us these directions or, you know, blaming the weather for why we're not being productive at work, bro. People literally will say, oh, well, yeah, I had a bad day today or I'm having a bad day because it's rainy outside. or Oh, the sun's out today. So, oh, it's a great day because the sun's out, bro. Like take control of your life. Like stop relying on these external things that have whatever effect on you to determine who you are.
1: Right. Yeah, I think the, I don't know if people don't have exercises in order to see that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious, because yeah. this, this happens so much. And I think to you and I, we've, we've been having conversations like this for years, Facts. for years and years to come, I, and we will for years and years to come. And we've developed tools and strategies Facts. through that. I don't know if people don't have those or aren't trying to find those. But easy things that you can do, like you mentioned the weather thing. Yeah. If I'm having a X day because of X weather or Y weather, if you can structure your sentence like that, try switching out the variables Mm. and see which one you like the most. Just write them all down. I'm having a good day because it's sunny weather. I'm having a bad day because it's rainy weather. And just write them all down. You will learn what you like and dislike. Mm. And the things that affect you. And the things that affect you. Which then will give you a sense of reality to say, when it's rainy outside, I may want to do this because it affects my mood in this way. Mm. And all of a sudden you have a formula that you're in, you are You now are in control again. Mm. You now know it's going to rain I'm probably going to feel a little shittier. And there is actual reasons for that biologically, evolutionarily. And there's also reasons why people feel good based on where you're where you come from and where your lineage is from. But now, you know, at least for you in this moment. It gives you the power to say, I'm going to do these things.
0: instead." Mm. So I know that I feel blank when it rains. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z. To fix that or overcome that ideology that I know has an effect on me. Yeah,
1: I think start, if you start in a place like that, it will continue to allow you to unlock deeper levels of your mind. Mm. Because there's little things, those are little emotions that people let get in their way. Mm -hmm. What if something really difficult happens? Most of the time when the worst shit happens in my, I'll just talk about me. In my life, when the worst shit happens, it has been the biggest gift for me. Every fucking time. Mm. Every fucking time. And it, it's not even that it felt that way right then. I have a bit of a fucked up head, so I like, like, I like, like, the really hard Say shit. No but those are the things that allow you to. Pause, by the way. <laughs> those are the things that allow you to feel like really feel. And I actually wrote this down when you told me, when you told me I was coming on here, the first thing I did was like, all right, what are the things that I've been thinking about recently that I would want to talk about? And one of those things, this is exactly what I wrote, the guiding power of truly feeling your emotions and not trying to change them. Mm. And that may sound like some therapeutic shit. That may sound like some woo woo shit, but I had an experience probably a month ago Mm. where I I own a company called Delta Bytes, and we create microdose THC products. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. And I hadn't been using them for probably been six months or five Mm. months since I moved to Mexico. And I came back to America and got some and decided that I was going to use them for meditative practices. So I took, took a couple and was sitting on – I have a rooftop um, and was looking up at the stars and decided for some strange reason that I was going to do decluttering. Mm. And uh, I was decluttering my phone. And I came across something that I hadn't thought about in a while. And immediately, like, because I was, I was feeling a little bit high, like, when I came across this, my anxiety – my anxiety, I felt anxious, I mm. started to feel a lot more anxious. I started to feel strange, just like, Oh, let's, let's not look at that. Let's not confront that. Mm. And it allowed me to feel that instead of allowing that anxious energy to take that away from me, took a deep breath. I could feel it. And I said, all right, I'm going to look straight at this mm. and I'm going to go through the process of feeling whatever it was. And I exposed myself to that repeatedly. And, and, It brought out intense, super intense emotions, especially when like when you're on an edible type of trip. It was very, very, very intense. Mm. And over a two hour period, I cried. I was able to feel deeper. I was able to understand myself more. But through that process, what ended up happening is I just felt an immense amount of pain, Mm. immense amount of pain, immense amount of a plethora of other emotions that were associated with that event. And it wasn't like I tried to change them at all. I just felt them, And I ended up working up on this rooftop, writing out a strategy about my business. How I got there was really just through sitting in this pain and then letting it wash over me and say, do I want to feel like this? Yeah. Why do I feel like do I want to continue to be this person mm-hmm. that I was in that moment? Because a lot of the things that stop us from doing what we want are a fear of who we were or what we might be. Mm. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I said a lot of the things that stop us from doing what we want is a fear of being who we were or a fear of being someone that we don't want to be.
0: He mm. preaching, man. So... So, Basically what I'm saying or what I'm hearing you say is is sometimes you just need to go through the bullshit. Sometimes you just need to confront those emotions that come to you in order to come out on the other side and see the rainbow in the sunlight.
1: Yes, I th- I say so. Mm. If you want freedom freedom for your mind and your life then yes. Mm. The thing it is a fucking tool to have something that is is going to get hate. But it is a fucking tool to have something traumatic that you can look at. Mm. Okay. Obviously, there's degrees to that. I'm not saying that I know everybody's situation. But if you have an event that was painful to you in your life that you haven't confronted or that you know you still have some un- unsolved thing or that whenever it comes up in your life, whatever reminds you of it, you feel, you feel that gut pain. You mm. feel that. If you can take a night or multiple nights and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna look straight at this. I'm gonna go through whatever it is that I've been running from, and do that," it is unbelievably freeing. Mm. Through that process that I talked about there, I was able to fully refine a sense of purpose that I had been looking for, mm. unlocking different levels of myself where it was like, "Oh wow, like I feel." this shame about this event in my life, which doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do that moving forward. I don't Mm. have to keep feeling that way through me. So
0: it's a super spiritual thing Mm. as well. And I love that because it's like, yeah, in that specific moment, we don't expect you to open up on what you thought about, but I think that can be compared to, general situations in life where people have issues and anything you know it could be oh well you know I am drinking too much or I'm smoking too much or you know I don't want to get up and go to the gym or I don't want to go out and talk to women if you're single like or me and my girlfriend got in an argument and I don't want to talk to her about it because I feel like it might end in another argument I feel like What you're saying is sometimes, bro, like, the solution to your problems is right in front of you. And, like, we live in this world where, like... It is your problem. It is. And I feel like we live in a world these days where, like, people are so used to, like, those quick dopamine hits that it's, like, now... And naturally, your brain is always, by default, going to try and take the easiest way out of things. So I think sometimes, like, people are so used to, like, running to their phone real quick when they get in an awkward situation. Like, the shit that cracks me up... And I'm going to get off topic a little bit here. Yeah. It's like the shit that, that cracks me up is like when, you know, people are like walking down the street or like when you're in an empty hallway or an elevator with somebody like people are so socially awkward these days and like so scared of communication or so scared of being judged that like the first thing to do is just like, look at your phone and like people don't even women do this shit a lot. Like if they're walking down the sidewalk and like you're walking past them And, like, you look at them for a quick second, like, just on some casual shit, not even on any weird vibes. And they'll just, like, look in their phone and, like, start scrolling. I'm like, there's no way you opened an app that fast. Like, what are you possibly scrolling through? And it's, like, because you're scared of, like, walking past another human being. And, like, that's super, like, surface level. But, like, if people would just say, you know what, I'm going to take accountability for who I am or I'm going to face this insecurity head on, make the most of it, then their life will be so much easier. And now you don't have all that weighing on your conscience or you don't have all this anxiety about yeah. these different scenarios. And you don't
1: got to be perfect either. No. You get to, like, we as human beings get to continue to make the same mistake yep. until we stop making that mistake. Facts. You know? Facts. Like, there's times in my life where I know that I want to do something and I let my fear stand in the way. But then when the same opportunity comes up again, okay, now I have that data in order to change it and continue to go. You don't have to be perfect. But next time rider walks down you on the street and looks at you and smile, you don't have to freak out. It's just a human being. And I don't do that.
0: I'm in a relationship. But I'm just saying (laughs) like in general, you know, like it's something that people do. It is very. And I, I think so to touch on the fear thing and then I think we'll go on to the next topic like. Will Smith said, like, uh, you know, Will Smith isn't the most popularized person in in (laughs) pop culture right now. Um, I stand with Chris Rock. Uh, Now, I don't really give a shit, to be honest. but, um, But, yeah, like, he said that the best things in life are on the other side of fear. And I wholeheartedly believe that and feel that. Because you're scared of what? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, we've had talks. I've had anxiety. I've had, like, depressive moments and, like, thinking that, like, damn, like, I'm never going to be here or I'm overthinking a certain situation. And, like, you've told me before, like, bro, everything that you're thinking about hasn't happened yet. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. You're afraid, like, one thing, I'll be transparent and open up here. For the longest time, I was scared to go into, like, a grocery store or I would get social anxiety or not for the longest time. That's cat. But, like, all these shootings going on and, like, all these crazy people, like, people were so unpredictable I'm going in the grocery store now. I'm walking in the mall. I'm like going to places with my girl and like I'm feeling weird cuz I'm like shit at any moment like one of these motherfuckers could just put a gu- pull a gun out and start shoot uh start pew pewing, right? And it's like it's sad that sometimes we think that, but that hasn't happened to me yet or not yet. That that won't happen to me, but that hasn't happened. So everything that I'm creating in my mind is just something that my mind is just being afraid of. And when you say, you know what? I'm good. I'm in a safe environment. I'm straight. The worst thing that could happen, we know what that is. We confront that. We're good. Yeah. You know? And like not to desensitize, obviously, like people that were in those scenarios, like obviously like PTSD is a real thing. Um, And that was just an example speaking personally. Uh, But in certain situations, like people are afraid of shit. Like dudes are scared to go up and talk to women. Yeah. Because they're like, Afraid that the woman's gonna be like, no, like go away, or like whatever the case may be, and it's like, yeah. you, you don't even know,
1: yeah, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. Most of the time, you're shooting yourself in your in the foot before you even step up to the plate. Yeah, like how are how are you gonna achieve anything if you're the person who stops you every time? Mm. So it's a it's a crazy world we live in as far as the anxieties that can come up. Yeah. There's a million different opportunities and there's a million different routes and ways that people can fear things nowadays because there's just so much information and knowledge out here. Exactly. You know? I don't I I personally have have a lot of things that I've worked through and continue to work through every day, but you have to be empathetic to yourself and to other people's situations. Mm-hmm. Like to understand what we're talking about and to continue to grow through that. You can't be looking at everybody else like and saying, oh, they're worse than me. They're This is their fear of this and that and judging everybody all the time because most likely that's coming from you judging yourself. Facts. Like reflection. If you can, yeah, if you can let that go, not be like, oh, everybody else is doing this. I need to make them feel this way or I feel this way. I bet they think that way or I bet they feel that way. You stop playing that game and start with, oh, everybody's going through their own journey.
0: I appreciate that focus on my journey yeah kind of frees you up to confront those things facts yeah I feel it and I think for me like honestly in that situation it was just like okay well I'm literally there was one time I was at a movie theater right and me and my dad I think like I had smoked before or something whenever I like do an edible or smoke any kind of weed bro like now I'm better but like for a while I would get so paranoid and anxious bro I was standing outside the movie theater, and I don't even remember what movie we were going to watch, but it was, like, right after the whole, like, Batman oh, thing. yeah. And we were going to watch the movie, and I was like, yo, these two dudes were, like, chill. Mind you, I'm sitting with my dad, right? <laughs> and we got this thing. We were hanging out. We were, It was a link up. And these two dudes are, like, standing at the bottom of the movie theater, like, you know, the stairwells yeah. and stuff? And I'm just, the movie's on, and I'm literally just looking at these dudes. Mind you, I'm high and paranoid already. So I'm like, yo, these dudes are up to no good. So I literally told my dad, I was like, Dad, like, it's time to go. Like, I I don't want to be in here anymore. These guys are freaking me out. We literally left the movie theater in the middle of the movie because I was so paranoid about these guys. Nothing happened. Now, what I realized from that, and you can You know, any situation that you might have, like, anxiety or paranoia about, you can apply it. But what I realized is, like, I'm, like, ruining these moments for myself by letting my head or, like, my brain or, like, my anxiety get the best of me. And, like, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, if it's your time, it's your time. If it's time for you to be rejected, if it's your, you know, something is not going to go your way, it's not going to go your way. Overthinking and not taking the risk is the, the best way to make sure that nothing nothing good happens out of the situation. Inaction, you know, is, is the best way to fail. Yeah. But anyways, I want to go the on, only way to fail. Really? Inaction is the only way. And sometimes failure is, you need failure. You need to get rejected a couple of times. Yeah. But I want to talk about, Um, I think we're, you know, we're getting close to the end here. So I want to talk about, like, you know, obviously we've been boys for a while and, I know personally I take pride in having a relatively small circle and surrounding myself by people that um are doing great things that are like-minded that I can have conversations like this with, right? And um so I wanted to ask you your perspective and I'll give mine on you know the importance of community, the importance of picking friends, the importance of the energy that you surround yourself with and what effect that has on you as a creative, as an entrepreneur. Like, I'm curious your perspective. I mean, I kind of know your perspective, but yeah. tell the people. it
1: has so much of an effect. The inputs that you're giving yourself directly correlate to the outputs. And people are a huge part of that. And your circle is the people you surround yourself with. It's also the people you listen to. It's all the content you consume. Like, mm. that is your circle of influence. Your diet. Yeah, your diet. Yeah, when it comes down to inputs, that's the things that are going to dictate how you view the world. And I think having people who inspire you is probably the most important element for achieving something. If you're around people who constantly, whether you like their life or don't like their life, are making you look at the world as this it mm. like is this it is that really it and you constantly feel that it can be a good thing to push you to go find new people but if you're staying in that for an elongated period of time let that be the thing to push you to go find new inputs. Mm. to go find new friends i was on the phone with somebody earlier today actually and uh i was uh talking i was telling her a story about Somebody I'd met, actually a deal that I had just closed um, in Mexico. And she was like, you're just so much more social than I am. I would never be able to, like, how do you meet all these people? And I said, I walk out into the world and I look at any one of these millions of, I was in customs, any one of these people standing around me and I say, hi, my name is Beckett. Mm. And that's how you could start to meet new people. Yeah. Once again, back to the like bringing that into the circle side of things. If you find a tribe, you find people who share common values as you. You gotta know what your values are. If you find somebody who shares common values as as you, that gives you fertile soil to build a relationship on. Yeah, and if you can build a relationship on it, then it will grow and most of the time if it's not built on values if you are moving in those values it fucking dies facts and we, i think we've seen that happen in our circle yeah. in our lives facts. multiple times facts and you don't have to do with anything yep. you just have to live in accordance with those same values and principles that hopefully you've set for yourself to serve you in the best way possible and the people who have those same values will naturally be attracted And you will naturally attract to them.
0: And I think two things, great point there. And I think two things I want to say. One thing my pops always told me growing up, and I think his grandmother told it to him. It's like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. I think that a lot of times, you know, you might see somebody as, you know, oh, this person is X, Y, Z or You know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they keep cheating on you and they keep telling you, oh, well, I'm going to get better or they blame it on you or they blame it on whatever situation they don't take accountability. If you're in business with somebody and they keep fucking up, they keep making mistakes and they're not doing what they need to do, like, yo, it's time to let that person go. It's time to move on. And so when someone shows you who they are, believe them like. People, there's going to be blips when people show you who they are. And then also, I think on top of that, like, you know, for example, um, Vic, who's helping produce the podcast today, I came down to his shop with my girl randomly. And I, you said, some, the, the person asked you, how do you, you're so much more social than me. How do you talk to people? Sometimes it's observing the environment and asking somebody, Hey, man, like, oh, well, this is interesting. I heard you talking about this. Like, what do you do? How can I, again, bringing it full circle, how can I add value to you? How can we add value to each other? And I'm talking to Vic, and he's like, yeah, man, like, I do podcasts, and I produce, and I do all these things. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, can I shoot my podcast? And he's like, yeah, bro. And here we are shooting the podcast because I went up and asked him what he did. And was genuinely intrigued on on building a good relationship. And I think that the universe is going to give you signs. The universe is going to bring people into your life. But just like the old saying goes, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You never know. What did Michael Jordan say? You miss every shot that you don't take. The universe could bring you your wife, your husband, your next business partner, the 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 person that's going to help you get from point A to point mm-hmm. B. But if you're not going to go up and have a conversation or you're not going to take on that opportunity or build that relationship. You just missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime and you won't ever know it. And that's where the anxiety comes from. It's because the universe is like, yo, like you keep missing out on these opportunities. And then people want to say, oh, well, I'm asking God for a good woman. I'm asking God for the, for the right man. Right. Or I'm asking God to save me in this situation. God's probably, or the universe has probably put these situations in front of you and you just won't do them. Most
1: everything comes as an opportunity, dude. It's not given to you as a, uh, on a silver platter for the most part. Never. Yeah. I think we talked a lot about sphere of influence there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so important where if you want to go out and do that, most, probably why you're not going out and talking to people is because of what's influencing you not to. But I do want to bring it back to what you said, your first question about a circle. I'll kind of put a definition on that as like, when I'm thinking about my circle, I'm thinking about really, I call it my family, Mm. whether that's blood or not. And it's a support network. Like what is that support network? And what is that? What, what is that really? We briefly said this earlier. Mm-hmm. But that that really, in my opinion, is all about finding people who align with your values and trusting that. So the, the sphere of influence side, I think it's super, super important to constantly be out there trying to create opportunities, and have that input, and expand your our overarching circle, your circle of influence. But as a... As a support network, I think the only way to really build a real support network or a real family that you feel like you can share these experiences that kind of makes it all worth it is getting clear on what your values are Mm. and aligning with those values. And I wanted to say it again because it's super important because if not, you're just allowing other people's values to dictate where you go.
0: So with that being said, I think we end the conversation there. If you want to, say it again for the people, Beckett, one more time. If you want to align your values, you want to build a community of people, yeah, yeah, understand yeah. who you are, understand what your values are, understand what you want, and go out and get it. Yeah. But I want to hear you say it because you say it so eloquently.
1: I, I said, if if you, wa- okay, you want to build a tight circle, the only way, in my opinion, to build a tight circle is to get clear on what your values are mm. and to align your life with that. Mm. In my eyes, your values are just a, it's a guide rail system. It makes things easier. If you have to, two decisions you have to make or three decisions, if you know what your values are, if you know their truth, love, community, happiness, brotherhood, whatever it is, and one of them is asking you to, tell a lie in order to get this deal or one of you is telling you to betray your brother in order to or to overlook your brother's wellness in order to get with this girl then if you know what your values are it becomes an easy decision Mm. this is the flagship of what you optimize for and then there's your wants well then there's your goals and your vision and then there's your wants and then there's all these layers of what it is but Your values become, I'm putting it up here, but it's really your foundation. It's that fertile soil. It's that thing that allows what you want to grow out of it. Mm. So if you don't have any, you don't know what yours are. Most people who, including myself at times in my life when I didn't know what my values were, I was so easily manipulated and so easily swayed by whether people were manipulating me or situations were manipulating me. I was going every in which direction because I didn't know who I was or what I wanted for my life. Beautiful.
0: And I think that's the best anybody could put it. And with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But before we do, before you click exit on the video, um, Beckett, I have three questions for you. Okay. The first question is, who's your favorite artist? Or you can answer these in any order. Okay. One is, who's your favorite artist and why? Your favorite book and why? Okay. And your number one business principle. Okay. My
1: favorite artist currently is J Cole, and it's because I'm in a period, specifically the the album "The Off Season. Mm. because I'm in a period of like I just feel like it's my time to double down. You know? Shout out
0: North Carolina, by Shout the way. Shout out North Carolina. Dreamville.
1: My favorite book, I'll say currently, once again, is The kaibalion And mm. it's a book that is deep, deep, deep wisdom. And I feel like it grounds me to reality and the truth when I read it.
0: That's a uh, so, hermetic, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: And my my number one business principle is Give, 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 give. Provide as much value as you possibly can. Mm. That is those are that that is the flagship of everything I'm trying to do in my business right now. The whole process is to try to help people who are providing value to others and to provide
0: as much value to them in order to provide more value. The name of this episode is gonna be adding value. Um but with that being said, Becky, where can they find you? You know, if you want to do a shameless plug, like, go, this is your time, your 30-second elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah,
1: you can find me on all platforms at Beckett Fusick, which is B-E-C-K-E-T-F-U-S-I-K. I'm sure they'll put it on the screen or in the show notes or something. All social media platforms there. You can, uh,
0: yeah, that's really about it. So if somebody wants to use, see, Oh, if somebody he bought, guys, so look, no, 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 he bought the fold. He bought the fold. He, he adding value, but he's not even plugging his business. If y'all, if y'all
1: are a, if you're a creator, a thought leader, or you're a brand that is looking to rapidly grow your audience and uh, spread a message that you think is based on from a place of truth, then you can go to audience and, uh, yeah, that's probably going to be the best place to inquire about what we do if you want to work with us and then I guess the last one is if you want to if you want a property or an Airbnb and want more tenants or want to sell it, we you can go to
0: tenantgenerator.io. We help with that too. Mm. So audiencegenerator.io for content creators and if Friends. you're a landlord and you own property and you're trying to gain tenants, mm-hmm. tenant Generator.io. Yes. And Beckett Fusick on all platforms. Um, So with that being said, guys, if you enjoyed the conversation today, um, definitely drop a like. uh, Comment down below on some topics that, you know, you love today. um, Some quotes or some pieces of game that you got. We'd love to see it. Um, And also don't forget to subscribe to the channel for more content. We've got a lot on the way. And with that being said, I go by the name of Sebastian Ryder. Thanks for watching another episode of Thoughts by Ryder. You guys have a great one. Cheers.